So I'm speaking here today with Azar Souk, uh, Managing Director for Lancashire Farm Dairies, along with uh, Brand Manager Jack Morrison. And uh, yes, just asking you a couple of questions. Uh, obviously, on the back of uh, your uh, recent uh, £1 million investment into your Rochdale facilities, mm-hmm. um, so the biggest question I suppose to ask you is how you're doing so well at a time where it seems that the dairy industry seems to be struggling overall? Yeah, I mean, firstly, in regarding the investment that we've done in the business, um, that's more circling around efficiencies and better product um, availability. So where we, in previously, we had slightly semi-manual automatic machines, we've gone for fully automated um, end-of-line robot filling machines. Uh, which is giving us more efficiencies. With that, I suppose our service levels to our customers has been a lot, lot better. And then on the back of that, we we try to win more business. Um, no doubt the industry is a very competitive point at this moment. Um, as you know, and it's certain parts of it has collapsed with, with the food service. Uh, but thankfully, we've, we've done quite well so far. I, I think to, to add on to that, I think that we, you know, fundamentally, we've been really driving, a, you know, a, a core message around free free range, and I think that's something that customers have really picked up on. Um, you know, our core range of yogurts, which is a one kilogram uh, natural yogurt range, you know, natural yogurt just keep, keeps going from strength to strength as a subcategory of yogurt. You know, it does really well. Um, you know, we really focus on families and that kind of meal occasion and usage and application. Um, and I think that combined with that kind of welfare statement around free range is something that's kind of really been, um, you know, latched onto. Um, so I think in terms of, you know, the wider narrative in terms of how we sit in the market is that we're seeing really strong growth. And that's what this, you know, automation and continued investment in the plant is to do, um, is to kind of focus and invest in the future continuing for us. And, and on the back of that, um, Rob, we've got to bear in mind that the farmers themselves have invested quite quite heavily on the farms to give us this free range milk um it's not it's, it has been quite um you know difficult at times going out there having a family as an officer discussing sitting down looking at various types of feed and being based in the north we don't always get the the summery weather that a lot of um the southerners have um so it has been a, a slight challenge but yeah i think we've done quite well on the free range side and on the back of that, with the population looking at um, the welfare of the animals and so on and so forth, uh, and just reiterating what Jack said, it, we are pushing the free range. Uh, you touched it briefly there, uh, mentioning about food service, obviously in uh, collapsing in a way due to the mm-hmm. outbreak of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Uh, in general, how have you faced the pressures that have come on from the outbreak and the, the recent pandemic? But we, we did see, I mean, there's been a lot, lot of panic buying by a lot of consumers, which is understandable um, about four weeks ago. Um, and I think it's plateaued out. Uh, we've never really been, we've been more into retail and independent market and um, the ingredients uh, a lot more than we've ever been in um, the food service. Um, so we've been able to change, uh, if you say, concentrate on certain sides. So if we see the retail slightly quieter, we'll probably see the independent slightly busier. 
So I think we've been in a, in a, in a very good position, uh, but not without its challenges. Uh, and I think that, you know, it, so we, we saw, as probably most of the market saw, you know, week commencing the 9th and 16th of March were really, really peak weeks as everyone started to panic buy and stock up. And as a business, as again, as I'm sure that the market saw, we saw massive, massive sales. Um, and then following that, you know, demand stayed fairly strong in terms of the volume to retailers. That obviously, that was quite volatile as they started to react mm-hmm. to get their systems back to where they needed to be. Um, but then the kind of knock-on effects of that in terms of the sales things for us to be managing on a day-to-day basis, you know, increased hygiene standards on site, staff that can remote, uh, remote work, how do we manage mm-hmm. that? It's, there's been knock-on effects in terms of packaging and various sourcing of you know, other ingredients, and it, it's managing and navigating through that. So it's not without its challenges. And as you'd imagine, there's been a you know, higher absent, absent rate and people wanting to self-isolate. Um, so labour and workforce has I've seen some challenges, but from a demand perspective, as Azar says, you know, fortunately, where we've kind of lay our bed, so to speak, uh, they're in markets, they're actually, you know, in a positive position at the moment. Um, so fortunately, you know, we're not seeing maybe seeing the horror stories as some of the guys who predominantly service the food service market are. Um, has your, well, I say recent foray into automation, I mean, in terms of your automation and the investments is this a, a sort of new direction that you're going in or is it a uh, something that is uh, just part of a plan that's been building over years uh, a bit a bit of both really um it's it's probably the, the next um phase where i think a lot of the dairies have to invest to grow forward um invest in growing the business uh, really um, otherwise, I think we'll just be sitting there like books um, without real investment. And, and in automation is the way forward. And with companies like the Tetra Packs of the world, which are bringing out new products all the time, innovations. And even looking at NPD for ourselves, it is going to involve some type of automation from valves to machinery, new CIP systems. Um, and ultimately, it, it's to give you a better product um, and a good hygienic product. I think, I suppose, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, we, we've set out a kind of, you know, a, I suppose not, not a complete strict plan, but a, a rough roadmap, roadmap of where we want to be um, over the years. And that involves a con- continuous program of investment within the business. So it's this kind of circular economy of, you know, higher demand, invest in, invest in the site, invest in capacity, and that just keeps cycling forward. Um, so it kind of all starts, I suppose, you know, at shelf level in terms of that proposition and kind of getting that right. Um, and then that feeding through the rest of the business in terms of, right, now let's invest, make sure we have the right processes in place um, and really try and drive that efficiency. And as I was saying, importantly, you know, product quality. Um, so I wanted to obviously first go with that question because my next question relates strictly to that. Um, with the automation, have you been able to circumvent any of those sort of issues regarding um, the la- uh, possible people being away from work because of the coronavirus? Uh, or is it just as much of an issue of not having as many people in even though you have sort of gone, gone towards automated services? Yeah, I mean, I, no. I think... 
now you That's okay, go on. Yeah, I, look, I think what the, the challenge is is that we've created um, you know, elevated positions to to manage a lot of this automation within the business. Um, so you know, we've up, we've upskilled and we've also got a lot of focus in terms of engineering on site um, to make sure we've always got resource available to kind of because look, essentially the, the machine has to be up and producing products. Um, so that skill set, you know, on, on one on one side, it's great to create fantastic opportunities for for staff. Um, on the opposite side, it still creates a very real challenge is that that's now a skilled position and that actually. If that yeah. sees someone being off sick, then you're going you're gonna to still have challenges. So, you know, automation is great because at the same time, you know, a robot doesn't call in sick. Um, but at the same time, it then creates that knock-on effect in terms of the people who, who manage that and the resource and expertise required um, to, to look after it on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's still a very real challenge. And that's something we're kind of, as I say, I suppose navigating through at the moment. But for the most part, you know, yes, it, it's, it's circumvented some of the challenge because um, we are able to produce much more consistently now. But the level of skill has gone up of people required um, in the factory. So probably more engineers, PLC, um, you probably need a coder. Um, so it's probably something that was different to 10 years ago when more machines were mechanical, whereas now they're more servo-driven. So it's just the skill of people that are more required now on, on, on the shop floor, really. Okay, um, so um, going circling back to your successes um, in December, um, you obviously posted quite a significant amount of growth, um, surpassing your uh, predicted growth of forty million pounds. Um, what do you attribute that uh, level of success to, and do you feel that that's going to continue into your next year's reporting as well? I think, well, we never stopped trying. Um, I think there's been a couple of things on this. There's been a, a continuous um, drive in the business to obviously appeal to more customers. And we do think, like Jack's mentioned earlier on, we're getting the message of free range due to people. I think with the market, as you've seen, it's been in slight turmoil with Milk being the bad person. Uh, we're coming out there saying, look, you know, it's not all gloom and doom this you know we're looking after you know the farmers we're looking after the animals we're moving forward and milk's you know it's not a real alternative out there um and it's just the way the message we're trying to portray to the consumer out there um and you know we, we just basically keep pushing that along and at the same time you know we put we push for more retail customers and more stores and so on and, and you know, to, to add on to that is, I think the, um, as you say, I suppose you touched on it in the question is, it's a lot of this is to do with the, um, you know, the, the proposition we've developed and what we've, what we've been working on just continues to grow and be accepted by, you know, customers and retailers alike. Um, so we've, you know, like as I said, what we hope so, you know, in terms of everything we're doing, our intent stays exactly the same. So we would hope that, um, you know, everything we're doing as a business to drive that forward, we're going to continue to see that, that growth be, deli- uh, be, de- be delivered. Um, and in addition to that, 
you know, it's it's direct result of, you know, increased demand, increased distribution, um, and I suppose increased selling points as well. So I think it's a combination of um of of a number of things. Um as well as us kind of entering, you know, other other markets and, and pushing on different formats. But fundamentally it's that kind of core one kilo free range proposition. So then uh again, back to the sort of automation question. Uh, do you feel that automation is an inevitable step that the whole dairy industry is going to have to go through at some point uh, in the future? Oh, most definitely. Um, I, I mean, automation is playing in key parts in every aspect of the dairy industry. If, if you just look at farms, um, we've had uh, a percentage of our farmers go on to robots um, on the parlours. Um there still will be some old school that will want to not have robots on. But what we're seeing is they're not seeing the next generation of farmer coming up and wanting to do milking two or three times a day. Um, and it's an industry that probably started from their grandfathers. Um, so if they're going to automation, the reason because they want a better standard of living as well. So they don't have to be on the farms three times a day milking by hand. Um, and I think that reflects back into the dairy industry too. Um, you know, w- we've been heavily investing um, as a business and, you know, hope to reap the awards off that. And I, th- I think that's the, that's the reality is, is that, I suppose, as I was touching on there, in terms of end-to-end, in terms of, you know, automation all the way from farm level, in terms of they're seeing a massive challenge at Farmgate that you just can't get, the, you know, the labour to come and, you know, tend to the herd to kind of manage the farm on a day-to-day basis because you know most people coming into the labor market now don't want to work the crazy hours that farmers do so um that you know they can it means they can have less resource on site and rely much more on the family um so all that happens at farm gate so automating all the way from you know the, actually milking and then into into factory as well is i think there's much more pressure in terms of margin you know availability quality than there ever has been before and in terms of driving that forward, I think the reality is you're touching on there is that automation is the way. And I think this is what you're going to continue to see um, yeah, across the market. Azar and Jack, thank you very much. This has been James Riddler for Food Manufacture.